Nehemiah chapter 8, if you have your Bibles. Nehemiah chapter 8. It's funny, we sang that song, Celebrate, and I appreciate the musicians and platform workers. I actually have an article here that I want to start with by Michael Freely. It's called, What is the Power of Celebration? Don't put off celebration for another moment or wait for a special occasion. Tap into it, step into it, and live joyful, joyous power of celebrating and being grateful for life. This is not a Christian article, by the way. This was actually in the Huffington Post, which is not a bastion of conservatism. Let's just put it that way. How happy and excited are you when celebrating something? Your birthday, an anniversary, a holiday? All kinds of special and personal occasions. You give a card, a gift. You call a person, throw a party, go to lunch or dinner, surprise someone. You think and feel so deeply about the person or people. It gives you an out and out crashing joy. These emotions, ceremonies, giving, big feelings and love of gratitude. The article goes on to say, look around you right now. There are some things to celebrate, many things to celebrate. Pick one and start an active moment of celebration, an object of gratitude, a taste of celebration, a touch of gratitude, a smell of celebration, a sound of gratitude. He goes on and he quotes different doctors and uh, all sorts of things. And it gets a little weird, I under, uh, just in the balance of the article. But the thought and the power of celebration. And in the text we're going to read, the people of God, just before we get there, have just heard the Word of God. Some of them have just heard for the first time. Ezra has sat down. He's put together the books. He's worked this out. They build him a platform. They build him a pulpit. And he begins to read the Word of God. And as he begins to read the Word of God, people begin to be convicted. They begin to realize they are not living according to God's standards. And as a result of that, they begin to be a little bit of afraid and such. And they begin to realize they have married and their morals have disintegrated. Idolatry has begun to permeate the land. They have failed to bring in their tithes and their offerings to the Levite. All of these things began to happen and they began to realize they are not doing right before God. They hear this and they're a bit afraid. We're going to pick the story up right at that point. It says, And then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, Do not mourn or weep on such a day as this. For today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks. Share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected or sad 
For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites, too, quieted the people, telling them, Hush, don't weep, for this is a sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink and to have a festive meal, to share gifts of food and to celebrate with great joy because they had heard God's words and understood them. I want to think to you firstly about when there's a lack of joy, why? Here's a very interesting time. They are entering a holiday, a holy day. We're about to go into what many call the holiday season. We've got four major holidays coming up. We've got Thanksgiving, we've got Black Friday, we have Christmas, and we have New Year's. Right? These are four major holidays that are all coming up. And so, as they're approaching, they were having this literally was the tabernacle or the tents. This is the week they would spend outside to remember where they've come from. And that you can read on that they're going to honor that. But they realize that they've not been living right. And the leaders are telling them, no, you need to rejoice because at least you're beginning for the first time in a long time to head in the right direction. And in that is rejoicing. Now, joy may be an emotion. People may say, well, joy is a feeling or, you know, I don't, you know, I don't always feel joy. You always feel joy. No, I don't always feel joy. But to rejoice is a decision of the will. This is why many people don't allow joy to come into their life because they refuse to rejoice. They refuse to put in what the leaders are telling them. They'd rather be melancholy or depressed, and we're going to get in, there's reasons why people could do that. But in Nehemiah 8.10, Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate what God has done. Philippians 4, verse 4, always be full of joy in the Lord, and I say again, rejoice. A mark of salvation should be people who rejoice. How do you know if some people have joy? Because they want to rejoice. We celebrate holidays. We celebrate the 4th of July. We celebrate that in America because it is the day of our freedom. It gives us our constitution. It gave us... Now, you can argue, you know, it was written on the 4th, signed on the 6th, and people have argued that, and you know, it's like, who cares, man? We're celebrating the fact that, you know, we have political freedoms like the world dreams of. Some of you can't imagine, even in Western countries, the freedoms that we enjoy. And they are worthy to be celebrated. You can complain about the current administration or this problem or that problem or with you. 
But I'll tell you what, compared to most countries, you don't, even Western countries, and I'm talking about England and Germany and Japan and Australia and places that you would think, uh, and Holland, which I'm well acquainted with, that you would think are equal. They're NATO allies, most of them. They're Western. They're free to travel. They have, uh, you know, capitalistic economies. But we have freedoms like you can't imagine. Even just our friends over the lake here don't have the same kinds of freedoms that we do. It's worth celebrating. We'll celebrate Christmas in a little over a month. Now, people will argue, was Jesus born on December 25th? Probably not. Was this a pagan holiday changed? Probably But the real issue of celebrating is the fact that we are acknowledging that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, left glory and came to earth for you and I. That is worth celebrating. Whether we get the day exactly right, does it really matter? Are you that, you know, you want to get into dates? I'll get into dates with you. Good Friday is not Good Friday. Because I can do math. Three days and three nights is not Friday to Sunday. But you, but you know what? It doesn't matter. Because we're not about the details of it. We're about the celebration of it. Rejoice. In the Lord, it's a decision that we make. At this point, the children of Israel were understanding that they were not all that they should be. They've just heard the law, read, they're realizing, like I mentioned earlier, all the failures of the things that they were not doing that they should have been doing. The failures of the things that they were doing that they shouldn't have been doing. But because they were humble, and you can read ahead, they bowed their heads. There was weeping. This is a form and an understanding of repentance. They said, you know what? You're heading in the right direction. Joy comes out of a relationship with God. That when you know you're right with Him, and you're trying and doing what is God's Word said, That's where joy comes. There's an old expression, and I mentioned it before. I had a man, when I pastored in Ireland, a man, a family from Nigeria came to the church, and whenever I would say, God is good, he'd say, all the time, and all the time, God is good. And that's true. But the joy, the rejoicing in that, the relationship, the understanding that they had been Years in bondage and God had brought them out. Heading in the right direction. Personal relationship with God should cause joy. When you boil down life, it's not about the car you have or the address you live at. It's about the people who are around you. It's the relationships. That life and family and different other friends and such bring joy. 
that that understanding of that should be paramount with our relationship with God. Joy should be a mark of the Christian experience flows from something that you cannot produce in yourself. John 16, 23 and 24, Jesus said, At that time you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, that you will ask the Father directly and He will grant your request because you used my name. You haven't done this before. Asking using my name, you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Flows out of the relationship with God. The disciples come back, the 70 go out preaching, and as they return, Jesus tells them, do not rejoice because the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. I mentioned before, happiness is simply happenstance. It comes from the same word. It's a event that makes you happy. It's circumstances. I had a good day. I'm happy. I had a bad day. I'm sad. But joy is far beyond just happenstance because it comes out of relationship. And Nehemiah tells them, it's your strength. The joy, his joy, is your strength. The term morale can be used for companies, can be used for sports teams, can be used for armies. The thought is that when morale is high, when there's a belief in each other and the victory that the common cause, it'll cause you to push on and fight. Cause you to get up and think and work and go the extra mile and however you want to put it. But when morale has ceased in an individual, they become a liability. God wants to help us. That's what Nehemiah is telling the people. God wants to help you, so rejoice. Paul tells the Thessalonians at the end of chapter 5 of the first letter he wrote them. It's just numbers of things he begins to just kind of put out there. And one of the things he says is, always be joyful, verse 16. Then he says, never stop praying, verse 17. Verse 18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you who belong to Christ Jesus. It's interesting. People who miss joy are often the same people who miss prayer. Who miss praise. It's very interesting how these get all connected. Our text is very straightforward, though. You want to get joy. It is connected to the Word of God. Ezra has just read, and we didn't read it just for the sake of time, but he builds the platform. He reads the law of God. 
He puts it out there. He says, this is what God has said. This is the way God expects us to live. What is acceptable, what is not. Puts it out there. This is not opinion. This is not, this is God. This is His Word. Verse 12, so the people went away to eat and drink at the festive meal to share gifts of food, to celebrate with great joy because they had heard God's words and understood them. It was Mark Twain who was asked about the Bible. He says, do you understand it all? He said, the parts, it's not if you understand it all, it's the parts I do understand scare me. Because he wasn't a Christian. You don't have to understand all of the details of the Word of God. Where does this fit in? And you know, this is why it it cracks me up. But sinners love to read the book of Revelation. They never seem to want to pick the Gospel of Matthew or something. They want to read Revelation, right? They want to get into it and see if they can figure it out on their own and all. It's kind of deep. And you know... Good luck to that, especially if you're not saved. But joy is linked to receiving and acting on the Word of God. Why do we have such a breakdown of society? Because more and more and more they are rejecting the Word of God. Acts chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. The crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and to see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. That joy connected to the Word of God, reading and studying and listening to preaching and the declaration of the Word of God brings joy. Why church is so important. Why conference is so important for preachers. Because there's something about God's Word getting in us. I want to encourage you again as we're wrapping up 2023, about to go into 2024. New Year's is a very good time to start a Bible reading program to get through and read your Bible completely in one year. It does not take much time. Listening to the Word of God. But too many people base their joy on circumstances. They look at themselves, they look at their situation, and they say, how can I have joy? You don't understand what I'm going through. I can't have joy. 2 Corinthians 8.2 And they're being tested. This is speaking of, he's writing about the Philippians. So they are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. 
I have been to nations where they make $2 a day. $2 a day. And I have seen them have more joy than Western Christians who have it all. I mean, material should make it, but it doesn't. In fact, here's just a little interesting trivia point. The suicide rate is higher in the West than it is in poor nations. Why is that? Because things don't dictate your joy. Events don't. There are good times, and then life changes. Circumstances dictate your joy, then you're going to lose out. If it's just based on human relationships, people will let you down. It's got to be based in more than that. James writes it this way, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Not just a little joy, great joy. Because it gives God an opportunity to move. Now one of the great issues that will steal your joy is sin. Sin will always steal joy. Sin promises satisfaction, excitement, and it delivers just the opposite. It has that momentary, Bible says, sin has a pleasure for a short time, and then it doesn't. Then it becomes bondage and guilt and shame. I've had men tell me that, you know what? I was away from my wife. She looked real good for the moment, but now they're living with guilt and shame. They thought it would be exciting and it ends up being a disaster. One particular man wrote these words on that circumstances. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. That was penned by a man named David after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba. And his psalm of repentance, Psalm 51, give me back my joy. Sin is a joy stealer. You know, and, and one of the worst is bitterness and envy. Because at least in other sins, you get a momentary pleasure. Envy and bitterness never deliver any pleasure. Isn't that interesting? But it's still a joy stealer. Joy is also linked to fellowship, rejoicing. The picture of what Nehemiah is saying is go and celebrate with others. Very f- couple of famous little memes that you'll find on the internet 
especially for Buffalo Bills fans, it's Tom Brady. And twice he's looking to give somebody a high five and nobody will. Once as a Patriot and once as a Buccaneer. He's looking and he's like, hey, hey. And nobody's paying attention. It's like he wants to celebrate. But now there's no one else to celebrate with. God wants us to celebrate together. This is why he says in 1 Corinthians, rejoice with those who have good news and mourn with those who have bad news. Some people get very jealous if someone else has good news. We don't do testimony services because it's scary to give people mics sometimes, but what if someone stood up and said, hey, you know what? I went into work today and they doubled my salary. Would you go, praise God? Or would you go, he doesn't deserve it. The joy to rejoice with others. Isaiah 9, 3 and 4, You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as a people rejoice at the harvest, like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift up the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the impressor's rod just as you destroyed the armies of Midian. Something about rejoicing together. Because Nehemiah calls it our strength. It's our strength. That God wants His people to be to be strong. It has to do, the thought here is not just the ability to lift something heavy. It actually is more of the thought of an endurance, a long-term health. A strength, a measure of strength. So the first thing you can do is if you don't have joy, ask God for it. That's where it begins. And He's very faithful to show you if repentance needs to be involved. You know why you don't have joy? Because you're doing this and you have a bad attitude here and I can't help you. Because that's what the people of God just had heard from Ezra. They had heard all the blessings. If you obey the word of the Lord, you'll be blessed in the field and in the city and in the country and on the streets and when you go to bed and when you get up and all. They heard that. And if you fail, then cursed are you in the streets and in the city. And you know, They just heard that. God's faithful to show you. John 15, 10 and 11, Jesus said, When you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I obeyed the Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. The mark of the people of God. Another way, if you are living right, if you're not, you know, if you are not involved in some kind of sin, is to praise Him. That's why we praise God in the beginning of the service. 
As I've said before, it's not just filler time well so that some people who are running late can make it before the preaching or in the cynical minds before the offering. But anyway, right? It's not just about that. It is a time that we are going to put the cares and the problems and the issues of the day aside and focus on our Creator, our Redeemer, our Savior, our God. To give Him the right of way. Psalms is full of it, and I, I won't go through it all, but Psalms 47, 1 and 2, Come everyone, clap your hands, shout to God with a joyful praise. For the Lord Most High is awesome. And He is a great King of all the earth. I don't know if you've ever been to any kind of big events. I've been to concerts, especially a lot before I was saved, sporting events, political events, where there's crowd and there's anticipation. I was, I've shared it before, I was, you know, because our kids were babysitting age, we had a lot of friends at the embassy, and they got us in, President George Bush came to Vilnius, Lithuania, and there was a VIP section of 500 people, and we got into that. And so we're in there, and it's close, we didn't get to actually meet the president or anything, but we were, I don't know, it's probably as far as I am from the, from you, it was a couple of feet, but there was hundreds of people in front of me, so it just didn't work out. But they were excited. They were rejoicing. He made a statement. Lithuania had just gone into NATO. Now, just understand, they're a small nation with a border on Russia. They have been invaded by Germany and Russia repeatedly over the years that uh, just they're tired of it. And as a result, when George Bush made the statement, anyone who makes an enemy of Lithuania has made an enemy of the United States, the crowd erupted. They're excited. They're rejoicing. There's something about when you're with people that gets contagious. I'm not even a Lithuanian. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. Because there's something about it. Sports events. You go there. Gets contagious. That's what church should be. And that's why if you have been saved for a while, you bear the responsibility of bringing that here. So that others can learn from that. Praise brings joy. There are times where you're just going to have to do it on your own. Where there's times where you might hear bad news or it just might be one of those bad hair days. You're just going to have to give God praise. Job, in all his loss, Praises God. Because joy keeps us going. If you're going to serve God on your own strength and without joy, 
you're not going to last very long. Because it's there's enough against us. There's the world, the flesh, and the devil. Then there's other people sometimes, and, and we're going to have to deal with that. And yes, there'll be times where it zaps you, but you can get a refill and press on. Nehemiah and the others begin to encourage the people. You're heading in the right direction. You're trying to obey the word of God. You're not no, you're no longer making excuses for why you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing or why you are doing what you're not supposed to be doing. You're no longer doing that. So now let's move forward. George Frederick Handel wrote his masterpiece called The Messiah. Many of us know it. You'll hear it probably in the next couple of weeks. It's the Christmas season and you'll begin to hear that being played, especially that hallelujah chorus. And it's powerful. When it's sung by the right people, it's absolutely powerful. But George wrote that in three weeks, by the way. At a time when his eyesight was failing, and he was facing the possibility of being imprisoned for outstanding debts. Later, when he created it, he said the one ingredient that kept him going was joy. He was quoted as saying that his heart felt like it would burst with joy when he heard in his mind that chorus. And sure enough, listening to the entire work does bring great joy. Stood the test of time. Facing circumstances, but joy kept him going. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Maybe you've come tonight and you're not right with the Lord. You've never received Him as your personal Lord and Savior. Living in sin will always leave you without joy. There will be moments of happiness and pleasure. But these will be also overshadowed by guilt, grief, and bitterness because making bad decisions and blaming others and all of that begin to ruin the joy that God had intended us for. And so as a result, many in our generation, they just simply medicate, whether that is through a doctor's prescription or whether it's through self-medication. Because they're tormented inside. God sent His Son Jesus to earth that you and I can be forgiven. That we can be changed. That we can have an experience called being 
of a new birth, being forgiven of our sins. A mark of that, once that, many will describe it as a weight lifted off their shoulders, transform someone with joy, peace. If you're here tonight, you're not right with God, you're not born again, you need Jesus to come into your heart and forgive your sins. I wonder if you very quickly slip up your hand and say, would you pray for me? I need to get my heart right with God. I'm not saved. I, I don't have that. And I need that. Maybe you're backslidden. You once had it. You once knew what it was. But maybe like David, sin has come into your life. And David's cry was, Oh God, restore my joy. What God restored his joy. That's what's happening to, in our text to the children of Israel. They're hearing the word of God. They're realizing, you know what? We once did this, but we're no longer doing that. We got to get our hearts right. I need to get I need to get my heart right. I'm backslidden. Here's my hand. Pray for me. Changing the call then to Christians. There are people. You need this. Joy is your strength. If you're trying to run the race on your own strength, you're trying to serve God on your own strength, it's going to be very frustrating. Very difficult. God has equipped us to have joy. Joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, 17. Kingdom of God is not in outward meat or drink or food and it's in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. God will fill you again with His joy. I'm telling you, it's connected to His Word. Get yourself into the Word of God and God's joy will come to your life. I personally can say there are times where I've realized, you know what, I've neglected my Bible reading. Let's all stand. These altars are open. We're going to take time. Allow people to pray. Worship His name.
this evening. Father, we love you, God. We thank you, God, that you are mighty and wonderful. God, we worship you. Father, you are mighty. You are wonderful. You are glorious.